This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Well, good evening, good morning, or good night, or good afternoon, or wherever it is, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to, I suppose, the first Do Not Scratch Your Eyes of the season, sort of. The last time we came on, it was nine o'clock on a Thursday morning, and everyone was half asleep, uh, and most people were trying to skip work. But this almost feels like uh, things are starting to starting to move for real. Who knows? Who knows? So... Let's all have a chat. Let's have a, a discussion because there's lots to talk about really during during the close season. Hi, it's Peter here and we'll be getting you on and talking. A uh, couple of things probably just to cover off before we uh, bring a few people in and have, have a few chats. Uh, you know, th- thank you so much for all of the listens over the, the close season. We tried to fill it with a bit of content for you. None so more than Andrew French at the Watford Observer, you know, who for a start has reminded everyone what journalism is all about by doing an absolute stand-up job at, uh, at, at the Watford Observer and really reminding us of, of how things used to be on the back of him doing obviously the interview with Scott Duxbury will be remembered by by most and by many. Uh, we spent a couple of evenings chatting through with him and it was an absolute joy. It was basically four old blokes sitting there talking about Watford. I mean, what what's not to like really? The first, the first evening we covered the Graham Taylor um, era from 98 through to kind of 2001 and then we went into Viali and then we covered Lewington and they went out on the second ones. And then the third one really covered his interview with the aforementioned Scott Duxbury. The response that you guys gave and the response, you know, on social media to Andrew was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I know he was absolutely blown away by it. And hopefully those that little kind of uh, accompanying piece, that third uh, that third podcast as a kind of an accompanying piece to, to what he was doing, hopefully gave you the story behind him 
go and get in the stories. Uh, so much so that um, <laughs> he, he was he was more than happy to uh, to reconvene for a second evening and just go through loads of your questions and lots and lots of his anecdotes. He was a was a star man, absolutely was. Just to then kind of move on the the Alan Smart interviews uh, again. The last one especially was was long considered about how and when to release it because. It's not our usual fare, but the issues around mental health and also Alan's opportunity for a right to reply to the media, which wasn't really afforded him following some of his post-career situations. We kind of felt it warranted uh, warranted uh, get, getting it out there. Uh, as I say, it's not our usual kind of content, but um, you know, that's why the, the warnings were put out on social media and also at the start of the particular podcast. So um, I hope that was OK for you. The response has been overwhelmingly, but not exclusively, I have to say, positive, you know, in terms of that, because of the subject matter. But we understand that. I know that uh, that, <laughs> that Alan Smart himself was at the uh, the second, the Monday night Elton John concert, because uh, I, I saw uh, I saw Greg get get a picture with him. So it might be good to find out how he was uh, on uh, on Monday night, Greg. At some point, that might be fabulous. So we'll see. But of course, that does bring us on to the Elton John concerts and the feel good factor. And I'm sure anybody who wants to just give us some memories of how your Sunday or Monday night experience uh, of the great man coming back and, and doing what he did at uh, Vicarage Road, which I think, let's be honest, probably would might have just won him the performance of the uh, the season award a few times over. That would be great for you to come in and share. We've also, as you'll have seen today, we decided, why not? Why not? Let's face it, last season was a shit show. So there's not been an award ceremony. So why don't we, why don't we create a Hall of Fame? The Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Hall of Fame. And if you've been uh, spotting Twitter this afternoon, you'll have seen our first three inductees uh, go out uh, to, to everybody. And, and the, uh, the the three, oh, I should say the four inductees, because the first one, we had two. We had Holly and Jess Paris, who the two girls did an absolutely fabulous job last season. If you didn't see it, do, do go and have a look at our Twitter I've copied across uh, Cy Paris's uh, 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 link on Twitter. I'm sure he'd love you to go and have a look and say, well done to the girls. They would do at two o'clock or an hour before, whichever time the kickoff would be, they would do a rundown of the team. And it was great. And it was everything that missed from three o'clock onwards. It was high energy. It was full of smiles. It was full of passion. And it was full of enthusiasm, which obviously an hour later would dissipate. But hey, that's not the girls' fault. The second inductee, Helen Ward, because she's an absolute treasure um, in, in, in the women's game. She's absolutely been the face of the, the growing entity at the club. And as we know today, as the Euros are kicking off, you know, the women's game is going from strength to strength. And obviously it's important that Watford try not to get left behind. And she's been integral to that. And at the same time this season, during a difficult, difficult season, um, you know, for, for the ladies as well, she made her 100th cap for Wales that we've never had, I'm sure. And I, I'm here to be corrected, but we've surely not had somebody with 100 international caps. Um, and so she's absolutely in there for, for, the, for the Hall of Fame. And finally, just released, really, Merwells. Merwells have made such a contribution to this last season, not just at Watford. They've been up and down the ground. If anybody's seen the Ian Rush um, uh, mural up at Anfield. I mean, the, the work they do is absolutely stunning. We've been fortunate enough to interview them a couple of times and uh, Justin, again, caught hold of, uh, uh, of Mark uh, and got, the, uh, got the, the release out just as the town hall, or the library, I should say, went out. 
and that was uh, that was really that was really something to see. Justin, are you there, sir? I am, Peter. Hello, how are you? Yeah. Oh, well, apart from the fact that I've got diagnosed with COVID today, I'm fine, mate. I've got to say, you sound a lot better than you did on Sunday. I couldn't really hear you when you were talking to me. You were very croaky. No, I did. I did threaten that at one point I would be Barry White, but uh, that seems to have gone for the moment. That right? has keeping gone. myself topped up and lubricated, so that's all good. Fair play, fair play. How is everybody? I can see we've got some uh, some oh, regulars wow. with us here. There's Wendover Horn and Uncle Ron. Uh, Terry's there. Hello, all you guys. How you doing? So, I mean, you spoke to Mark around the uh, the, the the Elton John mural up at the library. Yes, I did. Um, and he's in there. So he's now in the Hall of Fame. But more of that later, because there was also something else you, you, you put out today, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a little bit of a teaser put out about some squad numbers that we're assigning to regular contributors to the podcast so uh, i've seen the list um uh, there's some very good ones on there some very funny choices so um yeah i'll I'll let you reveal that when the time comes so we'll come back to that in a minute we'll come back to that in a minute obviously in the meantime we've got rob edwards now turning to things on the football field and uh and and we have we have everybody we have uncle waiting to come on board to i am sure have a discussion with regards to who or who has not been bought in in this close season. Has it been disappointing? Yeah, I would suggest so, certainly. Uncle Ron. Uncle Ron. What on earth was that? Good afternoon. No, I'm, I'm closing the door. Oh, right. Excellent. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was a shot fired. That normally... No, normally no, no, no. Doesn't take that long. It was Larry Grayson, I think. Oh, something boom. like that. Another one ah. for the teenagers. <laughs> oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I listened to your um, to the to the Sunday uh, service with uh, uh, with Uncle Ron and Ed, but I was the aforementioned uh, Barry White impressionist, so I didn't volunteer to come on and join because, trust me, the, the, uh, I was speaking in frequencies that were not audible. But there we go. Anyway, sir, I imagine. And I could be wrong here, but I imagine you're not ringing to talk to us about the Elton John concert, but you might, in fact, be talking around the the the, the lack of recruitment and the uh, the quality of recruitment, possibly. Yes, but it, it is slightly related to the Elton Ooh. John concert. This is good because um, well, El- Elton started speaking, and he said um, the players need to show a lot more effing passion. He did indeed. And he was greeted with rapturous applause. And I, I said this on my space that anyone who, who, who did greet him with that applause is a hypocrite because none of them stood up when we were losing 11 home league games in a row. I mentioned this on Sunday. None of them stood up. So they all agreed with Elton. And it's okay for Elton to say it. But when I say it, I don't, I don't really care. I'm used to it, you know, the abuse I get. But it's greeted <laughs> with vitriol. But, but Elton, you know, it was rapturous applause when he called out the players. And then going on to what you said, I, you thought I was going about the lack of recruitment. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. It's the majority of that rotten bunch are still there. And um, it was three and a half weeks away from the start of the season. And you've got Luton signing better players than us. They signed um, Carlton Morris from Barnsley today, a six-foot-two striker. The sort of player you would think Rob Edwards would be aware of. Um, Sheffield United have signed two fantastic players. They've got Doyle on loan from Manchester City and uh, the centre-half 
whose name I can't begin to pronounce, uh, from where I can't remember what club it is. A very good centre half. Um, and we've done, and we brought in a, a Mogi Bayat client. Client, sorry. Uh, and it's horrendous. And people are talking about a feel good factor. It's the same old lies. It's the same old lies. And people are going to be in for a nasty shock on opening day because Sheffield United are a lot stronger than Watford as it stands. And they they promised they'd bring in EFL hungry young players, and they haven't. They're not doing it. And who are we linked with today? Dwight Gale, thirty-two. I played two. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, I think there's, there's there's a couple of things probably just just to respond because I don't I don't necessarily all out disagree with you, but other people can come on and 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 do so. On the uh, where it was a breakfast um, <laughs> event when we were talking through the first games of the season, I called out my disappointment at, at, at not about necessarily Vacuum Bio because it's not necessarily the player's fault himself, but the fact that he had followed the same route as Dodi Lukabakio, which was going via Charlois. He was uh, for anybody who doesn't know about our, our, our player from uh, that, that, we've, that we've signed. Uh, he basically played 19 games on loan at Charlois uh, last season and he scored 11 goals. That's that's not too shabby. That That's all reasonable. The, the, the question was, is the fact that Charlois as an entity is owned or rather is managing directed by Mehdi Bayat, who is Mogi Bayat's brother. They signed him on one day for 1.35 million and we bought him for 5 million the following day. The, the impact Improvement in the, his valuation was obviously stark and I think possibly there to be questioned. I think I would like to absolutely see some, some more signings, but I think it's reasonable to say that I'd rather us wait and make better signings than be, be kind of hurried into making incorrect signings. And I think that probably echoes what, what Rob Edwards has certainly been been saying in the, in the press as reported by, uh, amongst others, obviously the aforementioned Andrew French there. So it, it's kind of interesting to see. Bayat is absolutely still present and in the game. Obviously, we've also got the other gentleman who's been linked with us now as being in the country and, and ready to, 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 to sign for us, uh, Ray Menage. So we'll, we'll see how how that goes on as well. But it's a but Peter, they're they're missing out on players now. The the, the Sheffield United players called Ahmed Hodzic from Malmo, a fantastic yeah, player, better minutes. than any Watford, better than any Watford centre half. The, the difficulty is the difficulty and is wrong. They're gone. Is that you've got mm. another twenty three teams in this league? They are all yeah. going to be signing their own number of players, and so are we. And if at the rate differs in any way shape or form they will be signing 23 times the number of players that we will be signing therefore every time somebody signs one or two players the reactions being hold on they're signing we need to sign people could i would suggest be a, a little bit too a little bit too panicky to quote an excellent smith song um and and therefore we might want to just kind of haul it back in i agree with you i would much rather have seen signings made prior to you know the club are now out there in austria they're at a training camp the whole point of a training camp is, is to, to bring people together because they're all literally living in each other's pockets they're working they're getting familiar with one another that's very important and i'm disappointed that that's not happened but we are still you know quite a way to go it has also been a much shortened pre-season kind of window because Whilst it, whilst it opened in and around, I think it was the 13th of June, 
lots and lots of people are still traditionally on holiday and nothing normally even starts to get going until the 1st of July. And I'm talking traditional kind of patterns of buying. And and we have to kind of, I, I think, kind of still remember that. And that's one thing. However, Uncle Ron, before I go to Wendover Horn, I do have something for you. One of the huh. one of the things that that that, uh, that I know irks you because it irks me too. And on you on TV, we put out a thing about oh crikey, eight months ago now, looking at our top twenty five most expensive players. And one of the ones that irked me, along with somebody like Sven Coombs, who was also a Moki Bayak uh, person, was Ignacio Pasetto. <laughs> now, one of the things you've asked about is is what's happening with that. Now, this is not a definitive answer. But one of the things that, uh, that, that, that we did uh, was basically go through, and um, you, you may have heard it, we did a finance special where I went through and looked at the set of accounts for season 2020 to 21. I don't know if you recall. No, I do recall. Yeah. Now, in that, there was a particularly daft comment that I made to Justin and to, to Carl, which was when you looked at the revenue streams for the club, they were shredded because they went from 119 million down to 57 million. Please, Pete, don't give us another accountancy lecture. I get it. One of the things I said, every single revenue stream was shredded apart from one, which was, as I said, usefully called other. And in that was 1.6 million pounds. And it, we, we looked at that and I, I think uh, uh, Justin suggested, well, that might be Hyde Live, for example. And I said, no, I didn't think it was that much. And I've been looking further at various other accounting kind of examples to compare and contrast and also take a look at it. And the previous year date, stated, even though it was on a, on a separate accounting year, that the other included loan fees. Now, if you take the 1.6 million and times it by the five years of the contract for Pacetto, it comes to 8 million, which is what he paid, which is what we paid for him. I'm not saying it's definitive. I'm not saying it's definitively this, but I believe that 1.6 million will contain at least some element of a loan fee, because it's not. It's no other way. There's no other catering for it. So we may not be being completely stitched up on Pesetto. It may be that we're eking it back in in loan fees, and hopefully might kind of reclaim some of the money when he's uh, when he's eventually sold. Why he's not with Watford? Don't know yet unless they've already put a loan fee into place for him to keep him at Udinese. But I thought the suggestion was that he might be moving on. I thought it was a four-year contract, not five. Oh, I could stand corrected. And if I'm, I'm wrong, I thought he was on a five-year contract. If he's on a four, it's fine. It's, it's still, as I say, there's no confirmation that that's the case. But that was me taking a look at it and kind of running the numbers on it. It's a possibility. It is a possibility, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible. but True indeed. But we don't know. But either way, Peter... Why not say that they received a loan fee for him? That's all they have to say. We've, we've loaned Ignacio Pusetta to Udinese for a substantial loan fee. And that's all it would take. Why the secrecy? I agree with you. And it will be certainly one of the questions that I would ask. Uh, I have no intention, by the way, of going to the supporters uh, <coughs> committee. Other people can, uh, can, can go and do that. But I think it would be a great question to ask around, around not only that, but all loan fees. Because we know, for example, that we got a loan fee for Vidra when he went to West Brom, but we don't know how much it was. And it would give us some clarity. So there we go. Anyway, that's my gift to you. There is some hope. That's all I was going to say. Right, sir, let's go over to... Uh, Let's go over to Greg. Greg, how are you, sir? Wendover Horn. Um, I'm very well. I, better than you are, Peter. I hope you, <laughs> I hope you get better. 
Hope you get better soon, sir. Thank you, sir. That's very good. That's very good indeed. Uh, be, yes. be, before we go into um, other things such as, uh, but I would love to hear about everybody's reminiscences, uh, reminiscences of the, the Elton John concert. You, you, you posted up a picture with Mr. Alan Smart. We had lots of people asking, you know, to make sure that he was okay because part three of the interview with him covered his, his post-career and uh, yeah. elements where he was kind of, you know, he, he was struggling, and we know people do. How, how was he at, uh, at the Elton John game? Yeah, he, he seemed full of spirits. Um, I, I think he had a, a, a lady with him, and um, maybe it was his father, an, a, an elder gentleman. Yeah, he, he, he seemed full of spirits. He's, he's very close yeah. to his dad. He's very close to his dad, indeed. Anyway, yeah. anyway sir, what, I think, what, what, what would you I, like to contribute then beyond... Uh... I, I have to say, 30, 30 seconds into Uncle Ron speaking, I had to laugh. Larry Grayson. <laughs> Bring it up. Larry Grayson. The first time Larry Grayson's been mentioned on a, on this spaces, isn't it? So, yeah, Larry Grayson and... Uh, uh, a dozen more MPs have resigned since we started. <laughs> oh, oh, that 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 other that talking about shambles. There we go. Never mind. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Well, I, all I can say is, uh, Uncle, if uh, <laughs> if Frank Spencer isn't removed and Larry Grayson isn't inserted yeah. as as the uh, as your icon, even even if it's just for a couple of days, I'll, I'll be disappointed. Never mind. Sir. Yeah, we'd like to see, we'd like to see Mr. Gray shut that door. Yeah. So, sir, what did you make of uh, what did you make of, uh, of of Elton John and all of the social media stuff that went around? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a fabulous evening. What a showman that man is! What a showman! Um, you know, he, he can't he can't move as well as he used to. Uh, my, my, my wife said he he waddles a bit like a penguin. Uh, but um, he's a showman, isn't he? He is a showman, and he's still got a voice at 75, my word. Anybody that listened to Diana Ross or or Paul McCartney, uh, compa- compare the two with Elton, and uh, Elton is still streets ahead. Strong, powerful voice. I know, I know, no, I know we're going down the kind of muso route here, but the aforementioned Diana Ross also has about 58,000 backing vocalists. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. you kind of just wince when the when her actual vocal comes through. Whereas, you know, with with Elton, it's still just the band just kind of, well, we'll sing as well at this oh, point. Uh, stunning, absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning. I was actually chatting with Justin at the time on uh, on WhatsApp or something with, with Diana Ross, and I said to him. If she was playing on a street corner with no backing singers, with a hat out in a hat out there, you wouldn't you wouldn't chuck a quid in. Her voice was that bad. You might you might um, you might throw a pound, but not necessarily at the hat. Um, no, which is fair enough. <laughs> Sir, pre-season last Saturday, obviously things got started. Another a behind closed doors uh, match against Cambridge United. We don't really know too much about it. Um, in my experience, if you tend to play pre-season games behind closed doors, they tend to be almost exclusively um, kind of, you know, get, get, getting minutes in your legs exercises. Yeah. All the substitutions were done on 45, 60, 75, you know, kind of minutes. So they, they seem extremely pre Pre, you know, predetermined. It doesn't. I, you know, I'm not too worried about the three-one. But what, what were your thoughts on it? And then, uh, Ian, I'll be coming to you, sir. And then we'll be bringing in Pidge. Well, to, to quote the great man, uh, pre-season is merely a training exercise, and that's all it was. Don't give a damn about the result. 
It was a friendly, no fans. Not a problem, is it? Not a pro- not. You know, I I don't really think they need to even publish the result to a to a game behind closed doors, but they did, and yeah, fair enough. But uh, not at all worried. Not at all worried. Good stuff. Good stuff, indeed. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about the transfer market. Or far away. Shall we cut? Or, no, far, or far away. We come back to that a bit later. Well, no, 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 no. You, you mentioned what you want to do. What you want to do, mate? Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. I- yeah, I'm more relaxed about about the current situation. Um, we've brought two centre forwards in. Um, well, we've brought one in, and it looks likely we're bringing another one in. Now we're buying them at they're geno speculative purchases, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Both both of them, and they're both players that could bag fifteen to twenty goals, maybe. And if they did, they are worth up in the value of this lad from Swansea that might be available. That is the way Gino does things. He doesn't buy them at the stage the Swansea guy's at. He buys them at the stage before, doesn't he? However, I think we might see one marquee signing up front bought at the top of the... what I call at the top of the market, mm-hmm. which, I hope, which I hope might be one of the Villa boys. I hope this, this Gale talk is, is paper talk. Because for me, he he hasn't done it for several years, has he? Since since he was at West Brom, which would be about what three years ago. Um, yeah, he he was always one of those kind of um, horrible, tricky players when he played for somebody else. But what can you do? Oh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle, everybody, look at Uncle's icon there, Larry Grayson for for teenagers <laughs> out there. Star <laughs> man. Excellent. Oh, man. Well, I, I think um, a box to box energetic midfielder will, will be coming. That I've I've heard that through a few sources, um, and I, I hope that. What's the? We're linked with one, aren't we? Sorry, I, his, his name escapes me. Playing in Italy, I think. Oh yes, there's the. Um... Yeah, not Nadal, is it? It's something along those lines. I, I will remember. Nathan or something. Or something like He's Egyptian, is he not? I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. And I'm sure we'll see some wing backs coming in. You know, Udinese have got a conveyor belt of, of wing backs, and they've got a, co- a new head coach that doesn't play with wing backs. So I'm sure a couple of those will be coming our way. Potentially the guy that they've just they've, they've just taken from Derby, who is a lovely footballer. Yeah, he's the the young. Well, I was going to say he's young. All of Derby last season was young, but he's he plays kind of left wing slash left wing back slash left back. I I liked him an awful lot when, when I saw them play a couple of times, and then when you think, oh, I think he's quite good, and then you see Lou Orns come out and statistically go, this guy's men. You go. Oh, oh, that's hopeful. Yeah, yeah. And he, he called out exactly your point there, which is the fact that they then recruited somebody who didn't play with the wingbacks. So who knows, maybe may coming in. And the fact that he signed, you know, for, for, for Udinese effectively on, on, on the, the cheap or a kind of a pseudo-free transfer, yeah. all of the Derby fans were, nah, is he going to set up at Watford? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sir. So, there's another one as well, Peter, called cool. Soppy. S-O-P-P-Y. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that that might end up at Watford, I would imagine. Interesting. Well, we we did uh, yeah. we did we did claim, and I think we can we can stand up, Justin, and say it's absolutely true. We have absolutely no inside lines whatsoever, typically. Uh, so it's uh, it's always good to good to hear some of that. 
Now, one of the things that, uh, uh, Ian, we're going to bring you in in just a second here because uh, I, I want to keep you there uh, uh, and Greg as well. Uh, one of the things that was mentioned earlier on, you've seen the Hall of Fame piece and nonsense. So basically, Carl and Justin and I have been talking about ways and means that we can kind of basically take this nonsense further forward. Because if there's one thing we take seriously, it's stupidity. And so... As you may have seen with the Star Wars-like excellent teaser, where we talked about squad numbers, we have literally, I've just, I've just tweeted it out, uh, we've set ourselves up a website. If you go to do not scratch your eyes.com, you'll see our website. And on our website is the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Hall of Fame. There's a gallery, there's a shop with nothing in it whatsoever. Don't worry about that. But there's also squad. And what we have done is basically decide that uh, for some of those people who have uh, who've been so good to contribute, especially to this Twitter spaces, we're going to give them all, all squad numbers. And uh, if you aren't on the squad numbers, you can apply for a squad number by clicking on the contacts, letting us know what squad number you would like and why, uh, and then we can have a look. And so, Wendover Horn, Greg, what do you think your squad number is and why? I think it's going to be something related to a cricket bat, is it, maybe? Oh, close. Um, it's not. Wendover Horn's squad number is 472. (laughs) Why might that be? Nigel Gibbs. Because because Greg was indeed um, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely, absolutely abused in in the worst refereeing case possible in the world versus Carl. Because apparently 407 is closer to 491 than 472. Mr. Ian Bacon, sir. Mr. Ian Bacon, come off you, sir, and say, and say hello. Good evening. You are squad. Evening. You are squad number four. Not not only right, okay. not only for turning up at the Elton John concert, <laughs> bedecked as his entire picture, which I thought was an excellent look. But Bacon, why why number four? Do you think? Mm, go on. Bacon for breakfast. Bacon for lunch. Yeah. Bacon for dinner. There yeah. you go. There you are, people. I love that. Fantastic. Well, anyway, look, it's over there. It's going to be the home for a lot of the stuff that we'll be doing. You'll be able to go there and see the, you know, get access to the podcast, all still in the same way as everybody does. But there'll be links to the Twitter and to the video stuff and to the Instagram stuff and all sorts of other nonsense that we'll be doing there. So do go over there, cast your eye over it, have a look. And number one on the squad at the moment, although, you know, we have we have yet to see for certain is... uh, is Maduka Okoye, who we are, we are told we may, we may get to interview whilst in Austria, but we haven't heard back yet. So watch this space. Ian, what did you think of uh, Elton John pre-season signings, lack of, thereof, or losing to Cambridge? Um, I, well, I thought Elton John, I went on Monday night, it was absolutely incredible. I've, I've been to a few gigs in me, in my time. Um, and it's up there in the in the top three. I thought he was he was brilliant. Like Greg said, what what a showman! He was absolutely um, fantastic. Um, I might have got a tad emotional at places going as as he went through, um, especially when he mentioned Graham Taylor at the end. Um, and then obviously the lady sitting next to me wasn't a Watford fan, so I then let out a massive you horns uh, cry, and she gave me a really funny look. <laughs> um, um, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was. Um, oh, fair really, enough. Fair um, enough. What do you think about the? Uh... How, how things are taking shape under under Mr. Edwards. Well, in in terms of um, recruitment, there is one very important person we need to recruit, and that's um, Elton Sound Engineer, so that we can get the half-time PA sorted out in the ground. Um, <laughs> but, but other other than um, other than that, I'm I'm sort of with um, yourself and uh, uh, Greg Peter in the fact that 
yeah, I'd I'd love us to have made some more signings and some uh, AFL signings, like Uncle Ron's said. But I don't want us to run before we can walk, and I don't want us to be going out and buying a load more Isaac successes or you know pick any other name of about fifty. So um, I'd much rather us try and, and wait and get the, the right person, and let's let's see what Rob can do with this squad if he doesn't bring many more in. Let, let's see what he can what he can do with them, how he can motivate them. That the, the players should surely be getting the message from what um, Rob's first of all said in his um, brilliant pod that he did with, uh, I see Sam's on, on here with the WDA team guys. Yeah. I thought that was, that was excellent. Yeah. And then also the other messages that have come, you know, from, from Elton on, on Saturday, he, he didn't use those words, sorry, Elton on Sunday, he didn't use those words on Monday, but he was all about getting behind the team and, you know, Wanting to get his, his hands dirty again, what what that means, um, I don't know. But even if it's in just going into training once a week and shaking them up, or, or you know, give, giving them a few home truths, that'll be better than what they've had in in the past. Um, and I'm just all about just getting behind Rob Edwards. Now we seem to be changing the culture and some of the stuff that's coming out from the club. I thought what you did with with Andrew French was brilliant, but then his interview um, as, as well. Um, was absolutely um, excellent as 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 well. So I think there's a, a lot of a lot to be positive uh, um, about at the moment in that sort of sense of direction. I agree with what Uncle Ron said. We, with the first game, we've we've got about 17 games in August. I think, haven't we? Looking at the schedule, yes. Um, but that that's a, a really tough start. But that's what the championship is. Um, I think the, the the championship in a lot of ways. I think is harder than the Prem. The, the hard thing with the Prem is staying up, as, as as we know. But with the Championship, everybody can beat everybody and it's so, so much more competitive. So I'm actually looking forward to... Fantastic stuff, fantastic stuff. Hi, this is Helen Ward and you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Pidge, Pidge, sir. Yes, mate. Right. Your squad number, your squad number, and you owe me big style here, mate. Number six. Why might that yeah, be? Yeah, good point. Yeah, I wonder why, mate. Yeah, good lad. Is <laughs> I, I well, if, if you click on your image, it does say his playing position of centre back and an almost unhealthy liking for Craig Ramage, the cures pitch, the number six. Oh, there you go, sir. There you go. Thank you very much. Get well soon as well, mate. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So, what are you, are you kind of echoing Ian's, uh, Ian and, and Greg's kind of hope? positivity or are you more on the kind of concern around we'd like to see some more incomings we'd like to see some more activity where are you with uh with with, with your comfort zone in in uh, in the close season no I've, I've had the pleasure i mean most of the guys that are on here now have talked pretty much since but ian and um greg i've had the pleasure of speaking to in the last few months of the season and um yeah they always they're, they're, they're spot on uh I think it'd be nice to sort of um, scout around the lower leagues rather than Udinese in France half the time, but uh, because there is some gems down there, and uh, and I echo what Ian's saying about you know we've got to learn to walk before we can run, and yeah, we just be sensible signings. We've got to go back to the go back to the drawing board and like say with the youth team, uh, youth team player Shaq Ford signing um, signing a contract. You know the the future's bright. I think with Rob, he's got he's he's got a certain system he wants to play. Okay, a lot of people said about okay, he's happy with the squad that he's got. Are we going to sign any more? But let's be patient. We've got plenty. Not saying anyone here is not impatient, but the people that have been commenting on social media, you know, we've got plenty of weeks to go to the end of the transfer window. If it means 
us doing our research and doing it last minute, it doesn't mean it's panic. It means we've been sensible and we're getting fit in the right players that Rob wants because he plays a certain style, plays a certain system, obviously changing the culture. And, um, yeah, we take our time. But, yeah, from what I've seen so far, um, and like Greg said, no one really gives a toss about the result for um, friendlies. It's about gaining that fitness, ironing all the creases out, and just getting some momentum in terms of style and play. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely echo them. I'm I'm confident that Rob can certainly change how we're playing and um, yeah, start the season start the season well. And obviously, on one other thing, I'm actually completely glad we're not playing the scum until October. So it gives him enough time to bed the team in before that one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and they are a team who've been, you know, I'm going to say the words in fairness there. God, that sits badly with me. Um, but they've been they've been three years in the building. You know, they yeah. know how they're organised. They know what they do. And they've kind of incrementally taken people out and put people in. We are at the start of something. Absolutely at the start, which is, uh, which is uh, something we've got to constantly remember. If you don't mind me adding something on the championship. Uh, yeah, go on. Ian's writing right in, in a way that, you know, anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, completely spot on with that. Completely endorse that. But also, you look at the championship, and it is quite an average league, and it's not being arrogant, oh, we're going to walk it, because we're not. But you look at Forest, as fantastic as their rise was, they were bottom, and they still got promoted to the Premier League. There's that side of it as well. And even when we even when we got promoted, we were poor for most of that season in terms of we were dull to watch. I mean, okay, Isco came and galvanised us and we were much better to much better play and we ended up getting promoted. But any team can get promoted from that league. If they have a decent run and play as a team and the whole club pull as one, doesn't matter how great your signings are, if you can just all pull in the same direction, then we can get any uh, can achieve anything in this league, certainly. Good stuff, good stuff. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Sam, Terry, I'm going to be with you very shortly, but um, uh, we're going to go over to squad number 365, Mr. Neil Silverstein. Why might it be 365 now? Well, I'm... So I don't know if it's me or not, because you seem to have a bit of a typo in my name, but I won't hold that against what? you. What? What? Yeah. Oh, this will be corrected. This will be corrected. Uh, uh, people, people will be shot. I know. Well, odds on that, that's what will happen. Um, trust, yeah, me, no, we, I, trust me, we nearly had Hercules up there at one point. Don't worry about it. Well, I do like the way that you've wove him into my descriptor, which, um, <laughs> yeah, that was good. No, good, good shout. Um, Equally. I'm a bit conflicted, actually, because... Far away. I can't believe the number of laughing emojis that Uncle Ron, Ron's been putting out whilst these conversations have been going on. So, obviously, the, 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 the closed season has been good for, for some people. Um, I've been just picking up on a point that, that the previous oh. contributor was saying, is that, for me, it's the players are actually, and bizarrely, somewhat irrelevant. The... the the challenge is going to be getting them playing as a cohesive unit and, pull, and pulling as one, um, which for me, that's what pre-season is about. 
Um, it's not about you know the, the manager learning about the players. Whatever. It's actually you know taking one stage further, using the fact they're away for what seven or ten days together, <clears throat> and getting them to know each other and want to work for each other because that was clearly not what was happening last year. You know, you can have a manager that's disconnected, but if you've got a team spirit, that then that comes from a culture from within, you can kind of overcome it. And that's what will get us through next year because, yeah, you can hit a run like Forrest did and, you know, like we did previously. But for me, the teams that have, have dominated the leagues are ones that are consistent. You don't want a, a 9 out of 10 one week and a 4 out of 10 for the next three weeks. You need yeah. players that are going to be putting in sevens and eights week in week out with the odd nine it, it, it's about consistency that that i'd be looking for and hoping that that's what rob brings us and that comes from a style and an identity that we've been sadly missing probably for about three years now um my my, my if, the bit that kind of gets me is that we're going to have a core of the squad that have now probably been playing for the fifth manager um and and it's whether or not we're going to have enough fresh blood and sort of like those with open eyes and minds to embrace a new one or ones that just fall back into, oh, okay, here we go, same old, same old. Um, so it's going it's to be interesting, but I've got no idea what else is going on because I've completely switched off. I mean, I haven't even had a bet for about six weeks now. Oh, my God. How about 365 surviving? Well, to be fair, they have issued a profits warning as a consequence. But, um, <laughs> I, I've, I've been investing in black holes instead. Oh, there you go. The black hole, everybody. Season review, black hole. What a moment. What a moment. Uh, I, I don't think my that was the peak of uh, probably my life other than when my children were born. But, yeah. <laughs> Neil, superb, sir. Superb. No, keep okay. good work up, guys. Cheers, mate. You take care now. Terry. Terry. Hello. Where are you? I'm sir? very well, Peter. How are you? I'm very, very good indeed. Delighted to hear from you. How has your close season been? Have you been going to the right chip? <laughs> I've been trying to stay away from him, actually. I'm, I was trying <laughs> to get Beachbody ready, and that's another year failed. So maybe the chippy tomorrow. Right. Maybe the chippy tomorrow. Don't, don't, don't worry, I've been getting Beach Whale ready. It's a lot easier. <laughs> far, far See you there. Problem. See you there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, come on, sir. Did you, did you either get to Elton or have you seen the, the comings and goings or what are your thoughts? Are you feeling positive moving forward or are you, are you vaguely worried? I think there's been a couple of positives this week. Elton's um, comment about wanting to be more proactive in the club. Obviously, we wait and see w what comes of that. It would be nice if it was financially. I think he's got deeper pockets than Gino. King left, didn't he? Josh King has left. So that was that was glorious. Uh, yeah, had a couple of ciggies and a bottle of champagne opened when he, but now he's left. And I, that's I, no, that's, I've read that um, Asprey is going to meet the rest of the squad in Austria, which is, he's apparently on his way so there. That could be brilliant for us. But yeah, I think we all have to be optimistic for the season ahead because it's a long season. We've we've now got the manager we all wanted. We might not have the squad in place yet, but it looks like we've got players that we wanted to stick around, i.e. Kamara. Um, we've got the new goalie who... Akoya, yeah, yeah. He was meant to be very good. Obviously, I don't know, mate. We need. I reckon we need probably five or six games under our belt before we can all have a conversation and say, right, we're in the shit or we're going to be OK of this, that and the other, really. So... Um, absolutely, but yeah, absolutely. We just we just thought we'd get a you know kind of uh, come together, have a little chat, 
say a lot about Elton John because I agree with you. That has been the the the, the, the story of the preseason is him turning around on you know on the first. I was there on the first night when he turned around and said, well, you know, I'm going to be back here. I'm going to be here and around a lot from, and he kind of thought about it and worked out his tour dates and everything. And then went November. And of course, most people went, yeah, well, World Cup. No, never mind. Anyway, but, but these, you know, his then commitment to go, look, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get involved in this was just absolutely, oh my God, that's amazing. Because just having him being around and a a shout out to to, to Ed over in Florida, because when we had, uh, and and I appreciate, uh, you know, Chris Stark to Elton John is a leap here, but go with me. Um, We had, we had Chris Stark on, on one of the Twitter spaces after the Burnley game. And uh, Ed saw he was on there and he said, we need to have, you know, people, supporters with profile to put some pressure onto the management. And, and, and Chris was like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, you know, I think he was kind of a little bit thought, well, that, that, that's, yeah, okay. I've got, I've got a certain level of, of, uh, of, of fame. That's not fame. Elton John ringing up Scott Duxbury. One, he gets through. Secondly, when he goes, why haven't we gone and bought that person? Yeah. Yeah. You'll take that call. Um, you know, Pidge was just mentioning earlier on about, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of good talent in uh, Division Three and oh, Division Three. Yeah, the old man here, League Two <laughs> and League One. Um, yeah. And do you know who will know about that? Elton John. He's an absolute anorak on the league, on League and indeed Panorama football. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's that's just him being around. It's just. Fabulous. It's going to be wicked, mate, because even if the club sort of pushes the fans away, which it has done, obviously, uh, for various reasons over the last few years, um, at least we've got a man that, you know, um, whether or not you enjoy his music, he's, he's, he's a hell of a character. And, yeah, having him supporting our team, potentially helping the team, is huge. I mean, I'm sure many years ago he did a concert didn't he at Vicarage Road to raise money for us as well yep. so yeah his heart's in the right place with the club I mean anyone that goes to Vicarage Road at any age he said it was six years old and you mm-hmm. feel the buzz of the fans we've all been there haven't we you know your first football game you all remember it and um yeah I think we're really lucky mate really lucky and it it would it would just be interesting to see what he does I don't care if he's if he wants to clean the boots or wash the showers down or put money in or serve me chips or a beer, um, <laughs> whatever he decides Is to there do. another Elton John that I'm not aware of? <laughs> <laughs> Quality shout. Quality yeah. shout. By but, the way, when he came back to, yes, he, he came back in, I think it was 2005, and kind of raised money to help keep the club alive. And I think from memory, I think it was 2010, and it was uh, raising money for players. The player they bought with the money, Troy yeah. Deeney in 2011. Oh, look so, at that. See, so it was meant to be. It was meant not, to be. That's not a bad other legacy to have from a gig. No, it's fantastic, it? mate. It's fantastic. Terry, but, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, you very as much. always, lovely to have you on. Cheers, um, thank you. Mr. Sam Uko, sir. Sam, you've waited so patiently. Thank you so much. FPL, I will be coming to you very shortly. How are you guys? You're all right. Hello, sir. We're very good. Thank you very much. Very, very good. Crikey, we've been doing this for about an hour and twenty now. Uh, <coughs> ridiculous. You've been you've been very active uh, with, uh, with with uh, I heard one of your Twitter spaces and uh, and also obviously lots of stuff with uh, with, with Jacob as well. How yeah. having having obviously pressed the flesh with Mister Edwards himself um, <laughs> and, and looking on everything else. How are you? How are you feeling? It's all shaping up. Um, do you know what? 
I've got sort of mixed feelings because I'm very much in the camp that, you know, let's be patient. Let's, uh, you know, I don't want to sort of panic and, and, you know, get myself into a state about anything. But at the same time, I think there is a way of being patient and equally concerned at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Um, I released a piece today um, just uh, on, on my own blog, um, on my Twitter, um, just saying, I mean, I, I just thought I was a bit bored and I thought, all right, I'm going to predict Watford's first five games as if, as, as, as if, as if the squads, you know, were, were as they are now. And I don't have us winning for the first three games. I have us, you know, I have us losing on the first day to Sheffield United, drawing at West Brom and losing at home to Burnley. I think that pretty much sums up where we are. Um, I know you mentioned earlier in terms of the likes of uh, Sissoko leaving and it's about, you know, who go, who's leaving. Uh, I mean, for me, it's in terms of not, not necessarily about being who comes in. It's more, I'm more worried about what teams around us are doing in terms of the signings they're making. Um, and, you know, while I still am patient, I equally am still slightly concerned as well. Uncle Ron, what have you done to Sam? You've broken him. His positivity's gone, not at all. Not at all. No, no. <laughs> still, 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 still trying to stay positive, but no, you know, there, there, there are clear flaws in there. You know, when, when we're linked with Dwight Gale, and uh, you know, I, I, I said the other day, I'm not, I'm not saying because I don't know this for a fact, but I highly doubt Rob Edwards came in, and the first two players he said he wanted were Bayo and uh, who's the lad from Barcelona we've signed? Oh, um, uh, Ray Manage. Yeah, I, I can't imagine those were the first two names that came to Rob Edwards' mind when he when he asked for players. So, look whether and obviously there's a Mogi Bayak fly in, in there as well. So, look Ooh, whether the things yeah, are, whether the things are changing or not, it remains to be seen. And you know they, where I'm staying patient is I'm still telling myself there's weeks left to go in the window. But you know with weeks left in the window, how like, how late are we going to leave it? Because this is prime time pre-season when the players are away in Austria when they're, uh, you know, doing their team bonding and really working on, on shape and that sort of thing. And the fact that new players probably won't be there, I think is quite concerning. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, well, you know, Fakun Bio is quite an interesting player, I think, for me, because he's he's had spells where he's really kind of lit up where he's been. Where he's been hasn't necessarily been, you know, all that, but it's, he's, 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 had, he's had kind of hot spells, which goal scorers tend to. What I really like about him is he runs, um, he makes angled runs, which was which was my biggest complaint out of about Andre Gray. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't the only complaint, but it was certainly the biggest uh, complaint, was he just ran straight forward all the time. He never, didn't know how to bend his run, didn't know how to drag players out, to, out, of, out of position a lot. Um, but he's got actually some, some, some decent movement. And other than scoring a blank at, at Celtic in about nine games, um, he's been kind of reasonable. He is absolutely. I agree with you. He'll be he'll be watched because he's a he's a a, a product of the the the, the buyout strange kind of movement of 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 people and players around around northern France and Belgium, uh, which is, which is a shame. So we'll see. I, I for, for me, it's it's not just about the people who've gone out. As I as I kind of tried to say, was it's about I, what I don't want us to do is bring in another player on eighty thousand pounds. A yeah, week, definitely. who 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 has to take it on himself to to be the the big the be all and end all. I would much rather we would take that eighty grand and take forty grand of it and put it in a bank account and pay off the debt, and take the other forty grand and bring in I don't know two or three players 
of uh, a, a younger age who are looking to build uh, their career. And, and I definitely want to see more legs in the building and I want to see some solidity. Because for me, uh, a lot of it in that, that middle at the moment is um, it's quite diminutive. Um, other than Gosling, there isn't really an awful lot of, 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 of physicality. And I wouldn't describe Gosling as a player whose main strength is physicality. So I would like to see something that's going to stand up to the rigour, as you say, of uh, of those opening months of the uh, of, of the championship. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I said this a few weeks ago. I think from the team that ended towards the end of last season, not in those you know nothing games against Everton, Chelsea, and, and whatnot, uh, Leicester as well. Um, I, I think this team needs probably five starters. To be honest with you, and I don't think we'll, you know, we'll get all of that this summer. This is what you know we have to give Edwards time. It's a process, um, but you know, this the midfield needs work going forward. Needs work, and just go, last point, just going back to Bayo as well. I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't object to any of the signings. We've seen the Pozzos take risks on players in the past, and it's worked a treat. Um, it was uh, Igalo. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier, I think from Lewald's uh, Igalo when he first came in. You know, he, he really didn't have a good record, came in, absolutely tore it up. Yeah, okay. I don't have a problem with that. But if you just look at the way, you know, teams who have got promoted in the last few years, I say they're strikers in there who come into the championship and hit the ground running. You have Mitrovic at Fulham, Solanke at Bournemouth, Puki at Norwich. Even going back to 2015, you had Dini and Vidra us who every season you were guaranteed, what, 20 goals from each of them. Absolutely. I, I don't see that in this team, to be honest. And I don't, you know, I, I said as well in, in those predictions, I don't, I, I don't think we'll score for, you know, two out of those three opening games because I just don't see where the goals are coming from. No, I think that's absolutely fair. And I think it comes back to, to Greg's comment that he hopes to see, I think he described it as a marquee signing. Um, yeah, and he mentioned the, the two lads at Villa, which I think from that it means uh, Keenan Davis and uh, Archer, the lad who was on loan at Preston, I think it was. Yeah. Who who I had heard, and I don't know whether or not this is this is true because you know it's dead. You know, it's you hear it from somebody who's heard it from somebody at the training ground or what have you. Yada 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 yada. Is that we are in the mix for Archer, and that Gerard wanted to run the run the the rule over and to make sure he wasn't going to be including him in the in the Premiership squad. Yeah, uh, at Villa. yeah. I, I I heard just before I go. I mean, I, yeah, I heard that. I think Gerard wanted him to have the preseason with Aston Villa and, and basically train with Villa and let him go as late as possible in the window. I think. Yeah, no, very good. Very good. Well, we'll wait and see. But, uh, but your 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 balanced view as ever is, and you as ever are welcome here. Sam, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you, much. mate. Take care. Um, yeah. Thank you, sir. FPL, Yellow Army, sir. Hello. How are we Hello. doing? <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're okay. Normally, normally we're doing this post-match and we've already yep. managed to lose anything. And I don't count the Cambridge game in this particular instance. So I'm looking forward to Panathinaikos on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> Oh, what a grudge match! Not. How are you, sir? How's your How's your close season been? What are you thinking about? Uh, you know, the start off of the season now. To be honest, it's it's very similar to what Sam has just said. So I don't want to, you know, completely magpie it, but it is mixed emotions right now. I mean, I think with the transfer window in a special in a special moment right now, it's like it's that moment where you start getting excited for the season. And at the minute, not much has got me excited. I mean, we've been linked with the son of Edu. Um, this 18 year old like I, I don't even know who this is he has signed he has signed today. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know I just I worry that you know what we do want is Edwards to have a bit more of a say on transfers I know it's not going to be easy with the way you know the, the Pozzo's run but I just feel like until something is broken some sort of barrier 
I'm not saying that's getting rid of the pots. I'm just saying until they get told that it's got to change slightly, there's got to be some sort of adaptation to fit in the needs of Edwards, then I feel like it's going to be too rigid and it's just going to be Groundhog Day in terms of if Edwards doesn't perform under the Pozzo's plans, then that's Edwards gone again. And I know that we've heard the club say they're going to change the management strategy, but I feel like Edwards is still is still under pressure because he has to kind of use what the Pozzo's are trying to do and make it his own and make it work. And that's a very hard thing to do when he's he's only just been in League One. So I feel like the season, the pre-season is kind of going slowly, which is a good thing, but it's also going slowly because it's dragging. It doesn't feel like we're, we're, we're kind of being that proactive, but maybe things are going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Very true. Very true. You've got to hope so. I think one of the things that's been a, a little bit irking of people has been, and, and it, it's irking especially because it came from the from the mouth of Cristiano Giretta to, again, Italian media rather than speaking to anybody in this country, seemingly, is the the rule of 11, the, the rule that you can only have 11 non-homegrown uh, uh, players in a matchday squad, uh, and that it was stated, and this, this was used to justify Cucho moving off to Columbus Crew in, in MLS. And I think I think we all enjoyed Cucho, but I said at one stage I, he was a scorer of great goals. He wasn't necessarily a great goal scorer. But with this happening, and then you sign Vakum Bio, and then you sign, or you're very close to signing Manage, you just go, really? The 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 the, the fact that they they're not homegrown players isn't isn't giving you a problem with this at all. My suspicion, and I'd love to know if anybody uh, 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 wishes to counter or, or agree with this or or any thoughts on it, is the fact that trying to get the homegrown players because homegrown in this particular. Um, uh, to, to my understanding, means English and Welsh, because you basically the Welsh play in the English league. So it's anybody who's kind of uh, playing from a country within this within this league format, so to speak. So that excludes Scottish players which, and Northern Irish players, potentially, depending on where they trained and where they're brought up and what their definition is. So long story short, that means that there is an added pressure for championship teams to be signing English players. That means you have effectively a seller's market, which means it must be in the interest of the clubs to almost try to elongate the process and try and see if more bidders will come in and see if the numbers might go up and seeing if they're at a premium. So we've we've kind of ended up possibly doing a little bit of our our foreign speculative purchases early, and that we might still have irons in fires for for some of those homegrown players, which we absolutely do have a requirement for. Don't know what your thoughts on uh, are, are, on that may be. I think I think that's a very good point. I think we we do lack that homegrown like basis to our to our team right now. Yeah, and I think some of our transfers are just you know it's the Pozzo way is take risks and hope it pays off. You know, we saw with Dennis last season, he was a risk, but it definitely paid off. It's just, it's not going to pay off most occasions. And sometimes in the championship, risks are not necessarily the way to go. Like you look at some previous signings, you look at some like Ivan Tony at Brentford, you know, he was a proven goal scorer at League One level. And you think, can he make that step up? Yes, he could. But we're never linked with those kind of amazing League One strikers or those proven championship strikers. You know, we were linked with Adam Armstrong for a bit, but you don't feel like 
we exert our kind of authority on these on these transfer battles. Like if it's Middlesbrough that are trying to get Armstrong, you don't fancy us to win that win that battle. I I, I just worry about our kind of way that we will exert ourselves in the, in the window because you know Gioretta said it himself. You know we don't need to add many players, but what what he doesn't understand is to get promoted, you don't just need a lot of players that are kind of you know, second string from the Premier League, you also need a solid base of, of players that know how to get out of the championship. And right now, I feel like we don't have enough of those. A lot of our players are kind of bought from last season. He likes of Kayembe um, and, you know, a few others that they'll probably have no clue how to deal with the championship. I'm not saying that they can't be good enough at championship level, but it's just that unknown that we're worried about. And if it all goes to pan, then we've kind of not got that backup option. So I feel like if we just target a few more homegrown championship players that, that have got kind of pedigree at that division, then maybe that'll give us more of a chance. Great call. Great shout. And I agree. And I agree with your, your part, parts from now. Everybody, in fact, the fact that yeah, we still have some signings to make and we actually, we absolutely have to do it. And the sooner, the better. Definitely. Wilson, is that Gary? Are yes, there, it is. Good evening. How are you? I am not too bad, actually. Good, good, very good. Much. What are your thoughts on proceedings? Are you, uh, uh, are you, are, are you anxious, reasonably content, or oh my God, when will they bloody sign somebody from this country? I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> I, I listened to a few things what Sam said, and I listened to his podcasts and that with the WDA, and I kind of agree mm-hmm. with him. It's kind of you can be patient and anxious at the same time, but I think one thing that we are forgetting, is we need to sell Dennis and Saar. Yeah, that's um, awesome. There's, there's no point. I mean, I know Uncle Wong said about, he said about, you know, Pozzo could give Watford an interest-free loan, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, yes, he could. And I completely agree with that. But the problem we've got is if you bring someone in to replace Dennis and then don't sell Dennis, what do you do? You know, you can't have Dennis sitting around with the reserves because you'd end up getting nothing for him. And then the person to replace him, you can't have him sitting around in the reserves because he's going to get the ump. You know, that is two important ones. We've got to get rid of them. Regarding transfers, we're going to be still doing business in August. I can see that. Absolutely. Um, You know, we're not going to... Yes, it would be lovely to have everybody in place now, but it's not going to happen. And as Sam said, I looked at the first, I think it's the August, was it seven, eight games we're playing? Yeah, I think we'll be lucky if we win two of those, I think. Not wanting to be negative, I hope we win them all. But, yeah, I think we'll struggle in the first month. I really do. I, I think it's I think it's very possibly realistic. The honest, the honest answer is we don't know, obviously. That's true. One, one, of, one of the things around, you know, Rob Edwards and also though Richie Kyle is that they are, um, as I as I called out in the, the recent YBR thing, is they're developmental coaches. So part and parcel of what they will do, it's not just about how we function as a unit, but how can I improve you as an individual? The problem with that is that that does take time because people don't just literally go from, well, uh, unless I signed by, uh, by Shalwa, seemingly, uh, from a one million player to a five million player overnight. But... Mm-hmm he will try to do that and he will incrementally hopefully improve that and we've spoken about the culture because I think that the concern will be that we've got an awful lot of the squad still in there who have that culture which is we've conceded we're broken uh, that kind of glass chin which is a real concern but I think your point about 
moving SAR off the wage bill and moving uh, and, and and bringing some of the, the the cash back in and making some money from uh, from, from Dennis out, out the one of the few from last year would be would be really something. I think I think SAR's going to be quite tricky to move on. In, in in all honesty with you, I think Dennis will probably somebody will cough up money at uh, Everton. They'll have a rummage down the back of the sofa, I imagine. Yeah, well, I think what it is with these, you know, they're all trying to do get these players as cheap as possible. We all are. Every club does that. And I think what it will be is there will be a few clubs looking at Dennis. There will be a few clubs looking at Saar. And it's going to take one of them to come in and make an offer. Whether it's Everton, they go £10 million and then £10 million over three instalments. You know, then West Ham come in. Well, what we'll do is we'll give you £30 million. And so it's going to it's going to be, it's, it's going to take someone to start moving things along. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Okay, I just mentioned one thing. One thing I did agree sort of with Uncle Ron was I do think these friendies are reasonably important. Maybe not the first one or two because he's getting match fitness. But he did mention something about losing mentality with these players. Yeah. As we see, a lot of the players we've had now awful last year and there is a losing mentality. Look at Aston Villa when they went down. They were horrendous for that first season that they were back in the championship. Look at Leeds, went straight, fell straight through. Look at Manchester City, fell straight through after awful seasons in the Premier League. So the, the friendlies are important, but I would suggest perhaps the friendlies a bit later on towards the start of the season. That's when we really need to be looking at what sort of results we're getting, what the performance is like. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, I think the, the, the early games... As I say, those ones that tend to take place on training grounds tend to be less important. Now, we've got an awful lot of those on training grounds because of the situation with the, the ground not being available. And, of course, it's a shortened uh, window for, for everybody else to get their pitches ready. So that I think everybody's playing a little bit in the same boat. But, yes, you're absolutely right. We do need to make sure that we get this this culture corrected um and there is there are ways and means of 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 changing and correcting culture and one is you basically try to make sure that you kind of change the individuals and the behavior and the clicks that go on you know and you explain that that's not working that's not working anymore but the other way and something that's always been integral has been freshening freshening the bowl you know bring in some fresh faces bring in some some vitality to the group um that's that's a side of the skill set and the uh, and the potential kind of improvement in in actual playing style but just to kind of freshen up that group it 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 certainly needs it if we could if we could just possibly move Danny Rose out um uh, and, and oh yeah that's another one here yeah. <laughs> because because that's 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 potentially you know kind of um he's a he's a difficult soul let's say let's put it that way uh potentially and you don't want to have to have that person around if he's literally sitting there festering all, all the time which is there uh the other lad is uh, as, as we somebody mentioned there was uh was edu's son who's going to be known i imagine as edu's son until he's about 25 who we have brought in Interestingly, um, and again, another piece by Andrew French was uh, was interviewing both uh, Richard Johnson and Jimmy Gilligan, yeah. uh, talking around the academy. And one of the things that uh, they've mentioned beforehand, before they got there, was it was all around trying to win the under twenty three games and trying to win the under eighteen games. Whereas now, what they've got is sixteen year olds playing in the under eighteen, so they've got eighteen year olds playing in the under twenty three because they're needing they need to play them in a year up. So I imagine uh, Edu's Edu's lad. Uh, would probably start in the under-23s, I imagine, and then hopefully kind of move up. So we'll see how we go. 
But Gary, thank you so much for that call. Let's just finish as we started, shall we? Let's uh, let's just bring in uh, bring in Uncle if you're there. Hello, hello, Uncle, I'm you here. There, sir? Hello, I'm sir. Here. You've you, you've been you've been mentioned. You were on at the start, and people have been calling it out, making agreements with you, have, sharing sharing the concern, but with balance. It seems seems reasonable. How how would you uh, how would you like to, uh, to, to 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 close us off, sir? What were your thoughts sir, to finish the night? Um, well, I thought Sam made some excellent points, um, but I wanted to respond to you, Peter, about uh, about uh, the English signings. And I think you alluded to there'd be a, a premium on them that uh, with this rule of eleven. But the free transfer signings, Wallace, uh, Swift, Wilson. Um, well, they were free transfers, and the, and the best of Very the free transfers have gone, and obviously those three players could have come to Watford. They, they were on a free. Um, they could have got Scott Twine, who's gone to Burnley for four million. They could have bought him as opposed to Bayo. Um, but obviously they wanted to spend the money on a Bayer client. Um, the centre-half Ballard, who's gone from Arsenal to Sunderland for only 1.8 million, he's gone. So people asking for patience, we're going to be left with the, the rubbish. And well, first of all, want... first of all, in response, yes. in response, it, it, it was it was me surmising rather than having any form of uh, of insight into it. I agree with you, as we discussed at the close of, of last season. I liked young uh, young Kane Wilson uh, a lot. What I had seen of him was he a suitable upgrade on what we have? I'm honestly not sure. That's not a statement pro or or against. I certainly like the lad Twine, and I think uh, he would have offered us potentially something different, but I certainly wouldn't have put him or Bio as an either-or contestant. Um, I would have seen see them as both very different types of player, uh, but I like Twine uh, a lot. Some of the other lads no, didn't know enough. I know Swift I quite like to quite the look of. Not familiar with what the what those wage structures were. Um, obviously, once a player is going on a free transfer, and if they are in you know demand as homegrown players, they are in the driving seat potentially. I just simply do not know, obviously. But yeah, no, it's it's a fair comment. My point is that we need players, and we absolutely need to have homegrown players because of this rule of eleven, as has been pointed out. We have to have them. Are the best ones available? Don't know. Are we going to have to pay uh, a fee, as has been you know kind of mooted? Hope you know. I imagine we possibly will do. Will we know where they come from? I'm not entirely sure. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't have an insider insider track on it in any yeah, way, shape, or form. But I, I don't comment. feel it's an absolutely fair observation. Hmm. But I don't feel the owner wants to change. If he wanted to change, the, these players would be in place now. He'd be giving Rob Edwards every chance possible instead of this, uh, as it stands, absolutely wretched squad. I think he wants to carry on with this bizarre relationship with Mogi Bayat. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. I'm being accused. Ah, get off! No. Sorry. Um, now that sounded like somebody <laughs> shouted, "He's behind you!" No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, I'm being accused of hiding. Um, I don't think he wanted to change. You've um, never been accused of that here. I can tell you no, that no, much. No, no. He he doesn't want to change. He wants to keep this ridiculous relationship with Moki Bayer, and he and he wants to bring in these these terrible. Um, 
foreign signings because it suits him. Well, he's only he's only going to be able to do so much of that simply because of the the level of uh, uh, players that he has to bring in. Let's 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 close it off by bringing in Greg finally because uh, we're, we're approaching nine o'clock now. Uh, we've probably all done it to death. But Greg, what what did you want to say? You wanted to come along? Yeah, and say I've, hello got to Ron. I've got a question for Ron: Jal Pedro or Scott Twine? Because they play the same position. Scott Twine, I think he scores more goals. I wasn't impressed with Jao Pedro last season. Not at all. I think you'll see Jao Pedro this season play the number 10 role because Edwards plays with a 10 and sitting in behind. And Jao Pedro is absolutely made for that role, which is where Scott Twine plays. Doesn't, doesn't, well, I mean... No, just to, just, to, just, just to add something <laughs> into the mix, I'd have taken Twine, but for his set pieces more than anything. Yeah, um, which is point. which is some, which is something that we've we've needed for the last couple of seasons. Somebody who can deliver a dead ball yes. reliably and well, and a threat on the edge of the box, so that you know we've we've seen enough games where where we've given away. You're hiding, um, where where people have given away the the free kicks on the edge of the box. Burnley have delivered it in and and, yeah, and, yeah. and causes problems. So you can understand why Burnley have gone, let's go and get that, you know, Vincent. Company, I, I, I tell you what we do need, Peter, that we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. We need a captain. Very much so. And I think we should go and buy a captain, a fresh face captain, uh, a fresh signing, new to the squad, and install him as the captain. Clone of Andy Hasenthal. GT used to do that. <laughs> He put, he's he, on a many occasions. He, he's brought players in and installed them as captain straight away. Pat Rice, Brian Talbot, but 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 two that come straight to mind. He did, but he tended to do that with with those you know those examples, kind of more mature players. Yes, um, yes, yes. Know, Whereas whereas what what we're needing in there is some something kind of fresh faced and, uh, and and and. Dynamic. If anybody has uh, or knows the whereabouts of uh, a young Stephen Gerrard, circa 1998, that would be nice. Well, the boy at Swansea sitting in midfield is a, is a skipper, isn't he? Grimes. Grimes, yeah. Well, we were linked with him a little while in, in the championship season, wasn't it? And we were. Then they, we and were. then we moved, we moved Will Hughes into that role. And he kind of came alive. Uh, yeah, he might be. He might be quite useful. Uh, KMB is can sit in that in that particular area. As can obviously loser. So it's all a question about who stays and who goes. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Ron, Uncle Ron, your squad number is seventy five. Why? Because everybody thinks he's seventy five. Apparently, which he's not. <laughs> he really isn't. His comment is, living in a tropical climate has done nothing for Uncle Ron's cheery disposition as he constantly frets and worries about the goings-on at Vicarage Road under the Pozzo regime. He has a mother-in-law. <laughs> That's the end. That's very sweet. Thank Guys, you. squad number 75 there and squad number 472 Wendover. Well done, gentlemen. We're going to bring Thank this to an end. It's ha- it has been regardless of balanced levels of anxiety or anything else. It's been a massively positive week because one half of Elton John's tailor-made army is coming back to the club at some point here. To what level, to what input, we do not know. But having him around as a constant doorbell ringing, phone ringing, constant reminder in Scott and indeed in the Pozzo's ears can be no bad thing to remind the club what its potential can be. 
that would really be something. We'll see how we fare against Panathinaikos um, in, uh, in in a pre-season friendly again, uh, the, the training facilities in uh, out, out in Austria. Um, and then the following Tuesday, we are back at home against Bolton Wanderers. You would hope that some of those, uh, you know, especially Bolton, for example, might start to give us uh, hopefully kind of a run of, uh, you know, if not positive result, at least a positive performance and try to hopefully uh, see uh, see Rob Edwards' pattern to play and, uh, and direction coming forward. And at the same time, off the park, we hope to see some bodies coming in so that uh, so that we can hopefully finally get to that that first of uh, first of August game against Sheffield United in fine form. Thank you so much for uh, for, for joining us all tonight. Um, if you didn't hear it at, at the top of the hour, we've uh, we've do not scratch your eyes dot com, uh, which we've basically been putting together over the over the close season is now there, uh, including. Uh, especially for, 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 for Mr. Neil Silverstein, his name's spelled wrong, but hey, we'll get that corrected. Um, it's basically just going to be the home of uh, a little bit more silliness, hopefully, and a little bit of fun, because all we're trying to do is find the, you know, the fun in following Watford. Last season, Christ alone knows it was hard enough, but we managed it. So thank you so much. We'll, do, we'll go again shortly, and we will see you all soon. You all take care. See you then. Cheers, Peter. Get better soon. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.